0: All right, on today's Patriot Nation podcast, we are joined by Mr. Clem, the Clem Report, at the Clem Report on Twitter. He is just maybe the best MCU mind out there. Well, maybe <laughs> not there, but the best, the, but the most enjoyable MCU mind out isn't in my opinion. He's a Mets fan, so he is reveling in the Yankees' just absolute collapse, as all us Red Sox fans are as well. And he's also a Giants fan, and which is why he's here today to talk to us as well, because the Patriots are playing the Giants on Thursday night football for their first preseason game. Clem, welcome to the show, my friend.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having me. Uh, yeah, the Mets-Sox connection, I always say, you know, we are uh, our motto is F the Yankees. And we will we will get through that together. So uh, right. Usually at this time of year is when my Mets fandom just becomes, you know, root for the Red Sox and catch the Mets whenever I can and just be sad on my couch right now. I'm very happy. I'm rooting for you guys to beat the Braves up a little bit for me. Yep. And it's like, everything's good with the, in, in Mets land right now, knock on wood. So uh, I am a Mets giants gypsy as my boy KFC calls me where it's usually Mets jets. So there's no ill will from me towards you. Cause the Mets and the Red Sox are allies. Right. We won't talk giants Patriots history, but <laughs> I have no ill will towards the Patriots. In fact, my only beef with the new England Patriots, cause I, I grew up loving Belichick. My dad, Worshipped the ground, Belichick worked, uh, wor- walked on, and he wasn't even in like a diehard sports fan. He just loved Bill Belichick. Yeah, my only mm-hmm. beef. It's Malcolm Butler not playing in that Eagles Super Bowl because that yeah. ruined so many things. I could have mm-hmm. had over e- Philadelphia fans heads. Forget about Eagles, just Philly in general. And you guys blew that for me, so I'll have a little bit of grudge of you guys about that. But uh, other than that, nothing but love. The Patriots have paid for my paychecks throughout the years at Barstool, <laughs> all the merch that we've gotten off of uh, you guys and the Super Bowls. So uh, nothing but love for the New England Patriots. Truly, truly, that's how I feel about
0: you guys. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate that, and you're right. Like I, I feel. Like now I'm in the situation you're usually in where I'm not watching the Red Sox and I'm just, you know, hoping for the Yankees to lose and rooting for the Mets and saying, listen, maybe they'll get to a subway series and embarrass the Yankees. That'd be great. you know what I mean? So, Uh, it'd be fun. That'd be a lot of fun. I mean, imagine the Mets winning the world series against the Yankees. Like that'd be the best thing ever. We've talked about this in the past, like recently, (laughs) it's starting to come up now,
1: now that these two teams, by the way, the Mets have the same record as the Yankees right now. So after that entire first half (laughs) where the Yankees were the best team in Bay, blah, blah, blah. And the Mets have just quietly, I've heard it was only April, only May, only June. This is different. This team is different. Steve Cohen starts at the top. Bob Kraft changed everything Mm -hmm. in New England. Steve Cohen's doing the same thing in New York. But, like, that a Mets-Yankees World Series will... It could kill me before it's over. So if the Mets win, I might not even be alive anymore because we're going to be doing streams a bunch of times. I'm sure during the playoffs, it's going to be me. It's going to be KFC. The We Got to Believe Podcast. If any Mets fans, any other Mets, Mets Patriots gypsies, subscribe to the We Got to Believe Podcast, which is a very would be a very interesting combo. Um, And then we're going to have Frank the Tank, who we're going to be we're going to be like there's going to be more fighting between our fan base and Frank than it would be if we play the Yankees and like Hubs and Tom Tommy Smokes in them. So it, it it's going to and. Big cat. Bet I believe on a Yankees Mets World Series, so oh we have him in the mix. It's going to be just an absolute there. There's it's and you know Portnoy in the middle of it all. It's a very volatile situation that is brewing right now in baseball. So yeah. maybe the Still Giants on. not being good might actually make it easier on me. But I feel like the Giants are gonna like I might actually enjoy October in multiple sports for the first time in forever. Basically,
0: it'd be pretty cool. That would be pretty awesome. So I mean, you know, almost a you know, long way to go in the baseball season. But yes. uh, but that. Would would be that'd be a lot of fun and if you know if we can't beat the yankees at least we can revel in someone else being the yankees and you know <laughs> it being the mets makes it even better because it's like who would the yankees want to lose to less than the mets you know that'll so, hurt them
1: that'll hurt oh, oh, little yeah. brother as i heard you guys used to hear that all the time back in the day i'm sure and i hear it now in new york a little brother this little well, that's, brother that
0: that's what makes 04 so great because you know of course they sweep they sweep you know st louis but no one even remembers that right yep. because it was just you, you came back from 3-0 against the Yankees. Didn't, nothing else mattered. It was like the season was already over. It was like, okay, th- that's it. We've done enough. Like, you know, so it was great. Uh, But anyways, we're not here to talk baseball. We're here to talk football. Uh, so the uh, the preseason is starting, and the Patriots and Giants play on Thursday night. You're obviously a Giants fan. The Giants and the Patriots right now are in similar, not maybe not completely organizational, but offensively, are in similar situations where they're trying to overhaul the offense. Of course, you guys have a brand-new head coach. We have a brand-new offensive coordinator who a lot of people (laughs) don't like. Um, And so a complete offensive overhaul, and it just hasn't looked very good on either side. So, I mean, the giant. let's just –
1: do you have try a it, Do you guys even have, like, I don't think, like, there's no job titles. I don't think there is no format. job title.
0: But the biggest reason <laughs> why there's it. no job title, the, well, the biggest reason why so there's they no can job make their money, is, right? Yes, because Maddie P can keep getting paid by Detroit as long as his job title isn't too big and he can get paid like a certain amount or whatever. They can't name him the offensive coordinator.
1: God so. bless Bill Belichick. I, <laughs> I imagine that's the same with Joe Judge too, right? We have to keep Same thing. Him, you know? Same
0: thing. Yep. So they're both like coordinators. Last, yeah.
1: last time I was on here, we we're talking about Joe Judge from the Patriots. And listen, yep. I will go to my grave. Because I know we'll be talking about the current Giants stuff. Like that. I will go to my grave saying Joe Judge got a, a raw deal here. I'm not going to say he was definitely going to be a good coach, great coach, any of that stuff. But I mean, the guy who hired him was Dave Gettleman. So if you sign up to work with Dave Gettleman, you have to deal with all the stuff that comes <laughs> right. with working for an absolute buffoon. So maybe he doesn't get the job if Gettleman is the GM. I also think Belichick kind of like signed off on Judge, which is probably a reason they want him. And I, I, you guys would know a lot more than me. I wouldn't be surprised if Belichick at least at one point said maybe this guy could be the successor in 500 years when Belichick decides to leave the earth. Um, so I'm happy. I'm happy. He's back where he is. I'm rooting for him. Like I love Joe judge that it was, you know, a little tongue in cheek, the and all this stuff. Only yeah. call him coach judge. But it, I, I, I liked him. I think he got a raw deal here. Jason Garrett was thrust upon him, which I think caused a lot of the problems. The offensive line just never got fixed.
0: Just right. refused
1: to do it. So uh, I'm, I'm rooting for you guys. And again, though, I have no idea how this is going to work with Patricia Judge, no titles on the offense. I always know never bet against Bill Belichick too, so
0: that's just me. Right. Well, which is very true, and that's and that's the biggest thing for us that that's what we're holding on. That's what we're holding on to is like, just like you just have to trust in Belichick that he's going to figure it out, right? And when the bullets are flying and everything's going on, and you know, are they going to be able to figure? I mean, yeah, I think they're going to be able to figure it out. Is it going to take a lot? Yes. My personal theory about the Patriots is that. 2023 is the year that they're really trying to push because they got a hundred million dollars in cap space coming up. And if they think this offense is better for Mac Jones and the rest of the guys in the offense, get this offense ready to go. Even if they don't fully 100% understand it, you know, before the end of the year or until the end of the year, fine, whatever, no big deal. Yep. And then we'll, we'll figure it out by week 10. And then next year we're running it great. And Oh, by the way, we have a hundred million dollars in cap space. And Max going into his third year and he has gotten better and so on and so on and so on. So, like, that's kind of how – they're not punting this year. Like, I, I, you know, some people are like, oh, you think they're punting? Like, no, no, they're not punting this year. But they're saying, like, we're not going to win the Super Bowl this year. So, like, it, yeah, if we win nine, ten games, that's kind of what we're what we're angling for. And then next year is the year that we kind of take that leap. You know what I mean? Yep. With the Giants, it's a little bit different now. Of course, Brian Dayball, who – see, and this is where it's like, okay, don't bet against Bill Belichick. I, I love – love Brian Dayball. I mean, you look at what happened to Josh Allen when Brian Dayball showed up Mm -hmm. and I mean, that's night and day. Josh Allen was Josh Allen. Couldn't hit, you know, couldn't hit water. If he fell out of a boat, like it was unbelievable. It was, I was one of the most inaccurate quarterbacks I've ever seen ever. And then he comes in and all of a sudden he's like the best quarterback in NFL history. It's crazy. And so like, you know, and now of course Daniel Jones, like who knows but like at least then, you know, you look at it and say, okay, we know. Like, Daniel Jones isn't the guy. Fine. We can move on. Or maybe so there's some miraculous transformation, and Daniel Jones is good. Who knows? You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. I've I, 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 I I've been riding the damn wagon. I was – this is a funny thing. I said, I'm going to ride with Daniel Jones because you have to kind of ride with your guys. I hope he right. does good. We drafted him. And – Everyone just gave up on him on draft night because they didn't draft Dwayne Haskins. And I'm not gonna like bash Dwayne Haskins. Obviously, rest in peace. You know, okay. Drew Luck, Drew Lock was the other quarterback in the draft. And then after Daniel Jones, 24 touchdowns, 12 uh, interceptions his rookie year, took her. Everyone came on the Daniel Jones trade. How to fix his right. fumbles? I think he can fix that as he gets older. Get a better, get a better offensive line. Then he has the worst offensive coordinator in football. <laughs> offensive line never gets fixed. But right. if there's gonna be a dude that can kind of like pick up the pieces, get them fixed. I think it is Brian Dable for all the reasons you just mentioned. He doesn't have the arm of Josh Allen, but he was accurate, you know, to start with better, more than Allen, both athletic. I mean, Josh Allen is like a, a truck though, compared right. to Daniel Jones who kind of breaks down a, butches his other problem is he does get hurt a lot. Um, but if, if just based on the Josh Allen thing, and it's like, Oh, you're going to say it's Josh Allen. No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying he at least can put him in the right direction. Like he did. Josh Allen was like, a meme it was like a joke i mean part of my take draft draft josh allen.com right the laser rocket arm everyone thought he was uh who was the guy on the uh, kyle bowler when he hit the on his knees he hit like the crossbar or something like that and
0: jamarcus jamarcus russell used to do it i mean you know it's like yeah
1: so if if i I, there's no excuses now for daniel jones and if he gets hurt if this neck issue whatever or he's just not very good he has his offensive line. They're not going to be perfect. It's probably going to take time to gel. His right tackle is a rookie, even though he could be a stud of a rookie. You have Andrew Thomas on the left, and you have weapons. I mean, Kadarius Tony, I think, is going to be awesome this year. I'm drafting all my fantasy te- leagues. Love I don't it. think any, any, none of my, no, I don't think anyone in my league is listening to this one. So I can actually say that I'm keeping that one pretty close to the vest. <laughs> Galladay will be fine because like they never ran Kenny Galladay roots. His route is. You know contested catches. Whenever you never see Kenny Galladay on the lines. That's all he did. He did it with bad quarterbacks. He did it with Matt right. Stafford. He did it with anybody. Um, and then Waddell Robinson looks awesome. So with all that together, Dable's mind aligned. Kafka from Kansas City, who sounded like they kind of wanted to move him into the offensive coordinator role, but no yeah. one would hire Eric Bieniemy. So kind of <laughs> he kind of was just like, all right, screw this. I'm not waiting around. And he kind of saw it there. Uh, you, yeah, you 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 know you know more than pretty much anyone outside of Bills fans what the you know evolution of josh allen has been right. joe shane obviously working in, in unison with uh you know the gm there and then you have uh what's his name uh, mcdermott as the coach so it's like buffalo became like a team you guys would just steamroll every year to actually you know coming back and beating you guys having perfect games on offense all that kind of stuff so yeah as long story short i feel like i'm gonna have a better experience with brian dable the jason garrett uh, calling you know running the offense
0: you would think right you would think and, and well, again like the other part of it is that Saquon, like Saquon came back, you know, fairly healthy at the end of the year last year and it looked pretty good. And like he like if he can play, he's so dominant. He's so good. If he could just stay healthy, you know, he's so he has the potential to be amazing. And so like that's, you know, I mean, that would be awesome. And and with and with the with the improved offensive line, you know. Forget about the we- – and then you add the weapons, like you said, in the passing game, and it's like that Giants offense could be really good, you know? The There's a video
1: going around right now where Saquon kind of shows that burst. And you're like, ooh, haven't seen – and – everyone who's freaking out last year and listen, it was like Saquon is always basically since his second year, ever since Jones came in and he got that high ankle sprain against the bucks. He's like always had something nagging, just never been right. And maybe he's never going to be right. I don't know. It feels like just the Kurtz, a Gettleman, you're taking him that high and everyone's crapped on the pick ever since. But that guy was special, his rookie year. And that was just his rookie year with the same line problems we've had with an Eli Manning that was on his way out, all this kind of stuff. You put that guy with, with, Uh, you know an offense like Dable and an offensive line I that's another guy like in the leagues I am in redrafts and I'm going to take a flyer on a quote-unquote flyer on Saquon because that guy could do stuff they were throwing you know passes to him I go oh we realized Saquon Barkley has great hands and in space he's an absolute nightmare to deal with this is like the kind of stuff like they were running him straight into the line with Pat Shermer against the Jets defense that used to like I think he had like six rushes for negative five yards yeah, because it was, it was so running dumb. him directly inside. so what are yeah. you guys doing it's it, you play Madden, you would never do anything like that we were doing <laughs> right. this in the nfl so saquon is like a huge x factor and it's my fault for not even mentioning him with all the other guys in terms of the passing weapons he's that in the backfield and then as a pass catcher right he can compl- i mean he did against the saints he had that huge touchdown it's like oh yeah that's right saquon barkley can catch patches so i am extremely excited for for him to be back and again just with Jones and everyone else injuries and all that kind of stuff. But if like that is giving a nuclear weapon to a guy like Dable and I'm, I'm, ex- I'm excited because the bills never really had a guy like that during their time. That was that explosive.
0: They didn't, they definitely didn't out of the backfield for sure. I mean, people thought it was going to be Zach Moss. People thought that, yep. you know, this guy here, the single Terry but... was
1: all right, but not like that.
0: Right. Right. I mean, this Saquon's, you know, a generational talent at running back if he can stay healthy and then you, you know, I just think the Kadarius Tony and Wanda Robinson are so fascinating because they're the same type of player, obviously a little bit different, not exactly the same, obviously, but the same type of player where they just have that crazy athleticism, that burst and that like wiggle and they're both not very big, but like, you know, that's exactly what you want. I, I think at least from, from an offensive perspective and that's, you know, Wanda got taken at 43 Patriots trade up for Tyquan Thornton at 50, which like blew me out of the water, but like, He's a good in camp, you know, and Robbins is a good in camp. Like these guys, that's that those are the types of guys that win. These are the like the super fast, crazy athletic freaks. Those are the guys that you want on your team. Not the, you know, Nikhil Harry, who's like six, five and can't get any separation and just wins with because he's so like physically imposing. It's like, well, that's nice in the, you know, in the Pac-10, but like it's not going to work in the NFL, you know, and so like speed always plays as long as you can run a route but on like McCall Hardman, like McCole <laughs> Hardman super fast, but he can't run a route and can't catch a pass. Yep. So like, a, you know, but like if you can run a route and catch a pass you, and you have speed, that's enough. You know what I mean? And so I'm, I'm excited to see those two guys together on the same team on the same field. That could be that could pose a ton of problems for for opposing defenses.
1: Hundred percent. I, I went to Fan Fest the other day with the family and just got to sign, kind of see the Giants practice. And Wandell just, I was like, "Oh, there's Wandell Robinson." I didn't look at the number. You could just yeah. tell that guy was playing at a different speed. And Kadarius, the funny thing I've noticed in terms of like people who may don't follow the Giants as much, a lot of like the fantasy guys, they're always saying you know we're done this here. I'm like Kadarius Tony's like low key kind of big. He could play the outside. He was playing the slot because that's what he did. I think of Florida some, and they used him in all these different roles, but he can play the outside. And right. I think Juan Dale, then, you know, the best part is to have where you can kind of just move these guys around, put them in the inside, put them in the outside. I, I said it before last season, I said, I can't even imagine a world where you're throwing Kadarius, Tony in motion after seeing his highlights at Florida, the Percy Harbin comparison, which yeah. unfortunately have banned, panned out very yeah, well. I know. So yeah, far, yeah, right. he's explosive, He gets hurt. <laughs> And he might be crazy, but those three things are all together. But when Percy Harvin was on, he was as electric a player as there was. But I'm saying you're moving Darius Tony in motion. You have Saquon in the backfield and Daniel Jones. It's like you see those numbers every year. It's like top three, top four. When it comes to like top speed he gets, he's pretty goddamn fast. So it's like you have the defense have to account for all that. Now that we have Dable, we would just put guys in motion to put him in motion, and we would just run an offense from 1995. Dable (laughs) should be running stuff that's going to be that crazy, and with a guy like Tony and then a guy like Wondell. And a lot of Giants fans didn't like to pick as soon as it happened, but I know a couple like Kentucky fans, and they were like, oh, no, trust me. This guy yeah. is the real deal, and there's one thing when a college fan is speaking about their guy, you can tell that's just they love him because they watch him for a few years on TV. It's like, no, no, no. This guy is someone that you are just like not legit. gonna like. Yeah, you're not. You don't. You don't see a guy like this. And you guys kind of, like you said, the the, the same thing with. I, I hope Belichick like figured out a way to hack the Steelers draft board and be like, all right, whoever those guys are, paying, right.
0: we're gonna take because well, they don't miss. That's what's so terrifying is that. The Patriots trade up to fifty in front of Pittsburgh, take Tyquan Thornton, and then Pittsburgh took George Pickens, Pickens. right afterwards. Yep. And Pickens has been balling out in camp. And I, dude, when the Patriots traded back to twenty nine, I wanted to pick the Patriots to draft Pickens at twenty nine. So then when they move it to fifty and Pickens on the board, I'm like, oh my god, this is happening. And they draft Tyquan Thornton. I'm like, what the hell, dude. <laughs> but you know, it, similar to what you said, like same thing. Wondell Robinson, a ton of questions with him. Tyquan Thornton, you know, you listen to the draft, you know, the draft experts, and they're like fifth, sixth round pick. After he ran a four two eight at the combine, I'm like, all right, this guy must suck. I didn't even, I watched zero, zero clips of him. I we do a decent amount of of like, you know, draft coverage here. Yep. I watched zero seconds of film from Tyquan Thornton because I'm like, this guy must suck. Like, if he's running that fast at the combine, and they still him a sixth round pick. He's getting, my guy must be terrible, you know. And they drafted him, and I'm watching the clips, and I'm like. This guy looks pretty good. Like, he, he can run a route. He catches with his hands. He, like, breaks tackles. He, like, does a good job blocking. He's not very big, but, like, you know, he's tall, but he's not very – he's a lanky, but fine. But I'm like, there's no way this guy should have been a six-round prospect. Like, just the way he gets off the line and runs routes, like, it's not even close to that. And then you see it in camp. You're like, yeah, he's got, like, that next-level speed where, like, he'll just stop and then run, and then you're like, oh, my – god, he had one – he had a, a rep – yesterday where he just did like a stop and go and the the corner just had zero chance i mean it was just it was embarrassing it was one of those ones where you're like oh god don't show that clip again. <laughs> you know I mean? so like that that's where
1: you roof you your know? guys, and you're like oh but the other guy is our guy too that's i don't know i'm gonna just take the right. good with this clip and not the bad right. exactly. uh, and i had to look it up too and sure enough i remember taekwondo Thorne. i remember blogging it i was like that's an that's an Oakland Raider right there because he was just running. <laughs> right. He was so goddamn fast. They thought he broke the record and that was the unofficial, and then the official came in and he didn't break it. But uh, you again, Belichick's track record is you know poor to as to homeless basically right. when it comes to receivers. But like I always like when there's someone who has something that they're really good at, and if if Belichick can figure out a way, and you know, that's with you guys. And at this point, you feel like you have one with Mac, if Mac, right. you know, just give Mac some weapons here and then just see how this guy's going to grow. It sounds like he has it everywhere else, but he's good. He's not going to be able to do it by himself. And Brady one at the that. end was like, come on guys, what are we doing here?
0: Right. And that's it. And the big thing for me is that you got to have a plan, right? And that's one of the things of the giants that you were pissed about, you know, during the Ghetto Me years is that they were just, they didn't even have a plan. They just throwing shit at the wall and see what sticks. Yep. Right. And the Patriots looked at it and said, okay, We can't compete with the Bills. We can't compete really with any of these top teams because we're too slow. We're old and we're slow. So they got the most athletic guard to come out in the last 50 years or the the fifth most athletic guard to come out of the draft in the last 40 years. They got the fastest wide receiver in the draft. They got the fastest running back in the draft. They got probably the most athletic speed-wise cornerback in the draft and another one of the most athletic cornerbacks in the draft. Those five – and they just like – that's all they did. They were like, all right, we need to get more athletic. We're just going to get all the athletic guys. And that's what they did. And it's like, okay, at least they have a plan. At least like, okay, we're trying to get faster everywhere. That's what we're going to do. And you already see like Marcus Jones, they drafted in the third round, who like – by the way, my mock draft 1.0, the week before the Super Bowl, pick 85, Marcus Jones, cornerback of the Patriots. (laughs) And I nailed it. it. And it was like because he – oh, my God, dude. The clips are just outrageous. He just has so many – unbelievable clips that like you watch it and you're like okay like this guy is just he gets it nine return touchdowns in his career like just in just an electric return guy but also like he's short and he's small but he's like stout and so he plays the run and he comes up and hits people it's like so i'm like this is the guy you know so so whatever but but that's but that's what he did it's like you've got a plan so it's like okay you you see the plan happening the Giants this year. Hey, we need offensive line help. Okay, let's draft a stud offensive lineman. Hey, you know what else we could use? Some more help at at wide receiver. Oh, let's take a let's take a crazy athletic, you know, wide receiver, Wandell Robinson at forty three. Right. So it's like so you see those the plan at least in place where you're like, all right, at least the person in charge like has an idea of what they're doing and, and like you yeah, can see, exactly. you can see the route, you know what I mean? And so maybe they're not going to be great, but at least you can talk yourself into at least know what they're doing, you know.
1: Yeah. And with us, we're kind of, again, the, the, uh, the ghost of Gettleman's past are going to come back on us just because there is some dead cap there and just right. the money we had to cut. We had a cut James Bradbury just to make uh, ends meet with everything. But at the same point, it's like, now we're also changing systems, which, you know, how, how that goes. I mean, the Patriots, mm-hmm. one thing at least you've had the consistency with the head coach and Belichick likes to be a chameleon. I mean, that's the one thing about him that is I've right. always loved uh, from the outside looking in, but, now we're going to the Wink Martin system where we were Ben, don't break, and now we are blitz until <laughs> until they can't until they, they burn you, basically. Yeah. And our secondary is kind of the thing that's a little thin. We have we have a couple studs in McKinney and uh Xavier McKinley and uh Adore Jackson, but right. then it's like the depth chart is not nearly as deep as I would like it to be. And Bradbury wouldn't have been a great fit with Wing Martindale, but it's like, and we have these two pass rushers, but it just feels like the defense is going to be the shortcoming this year where the offense was the last couple of years. So it's, it's always, you know, it's whack-a-mole when you're a bad franchise, you guys have usually, if you guys lose, it's like, all right, where it's there there is a good team there it's just you know maybe the quarterback needs a little seasoning maybe we got right. to fix this guy's hurt on the defense stuff like that um but yeah comparing the giants to the patriots right now is not even apples to oranges it is apples to uh <laughs> dog shit basically <laughs>
0: <laughs> well so and you know the the thing and the patriots have had a little bit of a talent uh, talent void as well because they you know they did kind of a rough job drafting and they went all yeah. in on brady towards the end right so they just didn't have and they missed on some picks late, right? So it's like they, you know, they've been they've been missing some talent and I think they've done a good job replacing it. But that's that's all you can kind of do. And as Dayball comes in, and I think this is where it gets interesting because, you know, you don't know how Dayball is as a head coach, right? You see him, obviously, mm-hmm. obviously the greatness as an offensive coordinator. But the question is, how good of a head coach can he be? What type of system is he going to run in the locker room, right? Where it's like, okay, this is how we do things. And everyone buys in and everyone figures it out. And everyone goes there, right? So... You say, okay, if he does that and if he gets the buy in from everyone, okay, maybe, maybe we don't have the horses this year. Maybe our defense sucks this year and we don't have the guys. But if everyone buys in and we can get, we can see, you know, the improvement from some of these guys, now we know, okay, in a year or two, we're going to be a problem. Right. And then you look at it, you know, on the offensive side of the ball. And now, you know, and I mentioned it already, but Daniel Jones, like, Daniel Jones is the guy, right? Like, he is he the guy? You have to decide that this yeah. year, right? And so it's like, you're going to find out whether he's the guy or not, right? And so, like, you know, you figure a year in the system. You got the weapons. Let's see what happens. Improved offensive line. Now you know. If he sucks this year, and you're like, okay, well, then we move on, and we, and we draft, a, uh, draft a quarterback next year, and we start it all over again, right? But at least we have the pieces around him already, so he's coming in not to – not to an offense that's in shambles. He's coming into an offense that has some talent around him. And now he can, now that guy can perform, you know what I mean? So like, that's a huge thing for me is Daniel Jones. Is he in the fifth year of his contract already this year? Or is he going into his like, did they pick up his fader option? No, they.
1: So they declined the option. So that's the other okay. One. So he's so not even going to be this is last year. This is yeah. This is make or break for him right now. And right. like you said, where they the plan is to not do with the next quarterback what they did with Daniel Jones. Which right. let's remember, Daniel Jones didn't get drafted, and then it's right, like, all right, you're going to be the quarterback. It was all right. Daniel Jones is going to sit behind Eli. They called right. it the Kansas City method or whatever. Right. Where it's like all right, and then they started him in like week four or whatever it was, right. and it's like. Oh my God, there's just no goddamn plan here. I don't know what's going on. It's just, it's absolutely crazy. And then he came in to just a completely under-talented team. So yeah, I, I do think the team is leveling up. I do think there's talent there and you nailed it on the head the biggest unknown is what Brian Dable is as a head coach. And I've heard the (laughs) bills fans. You're going to get a very mixed bag of what, you know, everyone hates the offensive coordinator, right? It's like, I know with Kevin Gilbride, he used to run on third and 18. He'd run the quarterback (laughs) draw or the the running back (laughs) draw from shotgun and Kevin kill drive was his name. But you know what? Those offenses always put up points. We won a couple of super bowls with it. And I give anything to have that goddamn ass back in my life. Right. And now it's, it's with Dable. And this is the interesting thing for like, if you want to paint it like Eagles fans will tell you, tell you this or any giants rival will be like, look at Dable. He's a Patriots guy. Patriots guys usually don't work out well as head coaches. If they're not with new England, cause he was there years ago. He was not a very good coordinator believes with the Browns and the dolphins and you know, you, Browns and Dolphins have been bad forever on offense. And there's right. not, there wasn't like, it's not like he was in a system that was nearly as good as Buffalo. And it's not like Josh Allen was a finished product when he got it. it was, he was as raw as they came and he helped build him up. Then they'll say Ken Dorsey was the reason that Josh Allen became good. Not Brian Dable, who we tried to hire as the coordinator and the bills blocked it. And, you know, they, they elevated him to that position. Um, so it, it, it's as a, but as a coach, as a head coach, which is kind of the CEO of everything. And I'm hoping Kafka has his, Fingerprints all over the offense. Mm. That is the big thing with Dable. And that's the kind of thing that even though I think Judge got a raw deal, there is a time where I've been doing this a lot. Trust me, I think it's my fifth head coach in like four years or something. <laughs> it's something crazy. It's McAdoo, yeah, Shermer, McAdoo, Shermer, um, Judge, and Dable. And that's since 2016. So Ugh, six years, four gosh. coaches and for the New York Giants who do not go through coaches very no. easily, right? Um, but I've been thinking of this way too long. I'm gonna actually tweet it out because I tweeted it out about three months ago and I hasn't left my head since. And it's gonna get really a lot more in the coming weeks as the season approaches. How is Brian Dable? At using timeouts, you know, right before the two-minute warning, does you he know you call the timeouts before the two-minute warning? So you're kind of just getting that. It drove me nuts. Judge would just let that clock run down. It would hit the two-minute warning. We got outscored. scored as like seventy-seven. It was um, I don't think it was maybe it was like forty-one or fifty-six. Nothing in the last two minutes of the first half. And oh, though you yeah, guys, how many times did that was Brady's signature? Yeah, was he would take was. the ball two minutes and get even even if it was just a field goal. But you got points on the board, and then if you got the ball at halftime, and then you're rolling and those are the marks of what you know separates a good head coach from a bad using timeouts the right way, knowing when to throw your challenges, not running directly into a line at third and nine from your own four, which is I'm, it's gonna be Joe Judge's like the his legacy yeah, here. Unfortunately, right. even if it was uh, you know, Freddie Kitchen who made the call, it's like that doesn't get past the head coach. No, you you can't, know, you're not winning. Right. Head he coach hears that. Down like, too. No, no, no. We're not doing that. Exactly. Yeah. So uh that's the biggest concern for me is I have no clue the man that is being paid a lot of money to coach my team. I have no clue what he is when the game is on and when it's going on. And there was a moment when Pat Shermer, his second year, and I never wanted Pat Shermer. I, I was very much against him from day one, even before day one, when they were even interviewing him. I just was like, I do not like Pat Shermer. I'm not a I'm always right guy, but that one I just smelled yeah. out immediately. But there was a there was a game, it was against the Eagles. And the Eagles, like, ran the punt field. You know when they do, like, the run-the-punt team on and they switch it off? Right, Made right, Shermer yeah. call timeout. Then they brought out the other – whatever, like, they they reversed it. And I think they ended up putting the offense on. Got the fourth down. And I was like, that guy – like, you can't win a yeah. Super Bowl with that guy. That Soon guy is you, getting yeah. out-coached. You can't have your, your coach get out-coached like that, that clearly against a division rival. And Doug Peterson – won a Super Bowl we already talked about that we're gonna block that out of our minds but <laughs> yeah. he's not like you are not. you're not dealing with you know Vince Lombardi here and, right. and that I was like all right I'm done with Shermer and then with Judge last year there was a few times where he just made bonehead decisions and it was probably after all the crap he's been through there was probably enough things that just broke fundamentally that is the thing that caused him to kind of you know gum it up but it got gummed up and I said you know this we're just not gonna win with this guy we have to move on and it killed me to say that because I really did like him uh, so so again, you guys don't know that, you know, there's millions of Patriots fans who don't know what it's to have the great unknown with a coach right now. You guys have had the same coach forever yeah. now. Right. And it's terrifying that I'm, I could be on this show next year and be like, you told me Brian Dable was going to be good. Pat. You lied to me. You lied right to my face over the computer.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, and that's and that's true. You know what? I used to call that the Brady parlay when they'd score uh, at the end of the mm. first half and then the beginning of the second half, because it's 10, 14 points all of a sudden unanswered and then all of a sudden the game's over and you're like, what the hell? You Beautiful. Know? And that's one of those things. I, I'm so happy you mentioned that that timeouts around the two minute warning. I mean, there's 220 left to go. You run a play. You got two timeouts left. Call a freaking timeout. Just don't let 20 seconds run off the clock. You save yourself 20 seconds. You get to run a whole nother play. And then you can take the two minute warning. Fine. But like, why the hell run all the way down? It's just like, those are the types of decisions where you're like, what the hell are you doing? Like, why would you, you know? And like, and so, yeah, so you're right. So you'll see like, what are the decisions that, that, you know, when you're talking about the head coach, what are the things and the bullets are flying? What decisions do you make? Right. And Bill Belichick, right. We've seen it, right. The, the, you know, and everyone talks about the, the Malcolm Butler interception being the worst play call of all time. Well, forget about that. I, I bring up the fact that the Seahawks got the ball with 2.05 left and three timeouts. Mm-hmm. They called two timeouts with the clock stopped on that final drive. And then Belichick, instead of calling timeout, said, yeah, let's just let's let we'll let we'll let the clock run down. I'll trot out the defense I want. So he has to run the play that I want him to run. Yep. Pete Carroll let Bill Belichick. Dictate the play that he called on the go- on the goal line at the one yard line with the Super Bowl on the line. That's insane that he got put in that situation. And so, like, that's the type of stuff where it's like, until you see how the coach can do in those moments, you just don't know because they've never done that stuff before, you know. And it's not just like, it's not just well, call the you know call the offense or coach this guy up about that or talk to this guy about that or lead the guys in the locker room. We can do that stuff. But then when every single decision is on you, right, that in that Seahawks situation, every single coach on the sideline of the Patriots and the sidelines of the Seahawks and every single fan in the entire world watching the game is screaming at their television, call a freaking timeout. And the only person who didn't was Bill Belichick. And it was the right move. Right. And like and so does the guy have the balls to do that? Right. Belichick in his second second year here he stays with Brady instead of going with, you know, Drew Bledsoe. A lot of people yeah. had Drew Bledsoe had signed a $100 million contract that offseason, like three months earlier, had signed a $100 million contract. And he said, nope, we're sticking with Brady because we're winning with Brady right now. And, you know, like he had the balls to do that, right? And so it's like those are the types of things where it's like, wh- you know, does the head coach have those things? I think Dayball does. I really do. And I think the, the biggest reason for me it isn't necessarily, I think obviously like, you know, you can look at the Patriots and the, you know, oh, you know, former coaches of the Patriots haven't had success, but Mm -hmm. he didn't just come from the Patriots and then become the head coach of the Giants. Like, that's not how it worked. He had to work his way. He failed a few different times, and then he had to go to Buffalo. So he saw how things were done differently in different places. Now, of course, Miami was Flores, too, who who was a Patriots guy, too. So it's like a little bit, but, you know, but when you're in Buffalo and now they're not doing things the way Patriots do it, right? And you and you've now failed in two different places, and then you had great success in Buffalo, right? So it's like you kind of have that idea. And I like this is why I think Josh McDaniel is gonna be hugely successful this year. I have never seen a guy in my life, he just owned up to everything. Like Josh McDaniel, in his in his introductory press conference owned up to everything. Talked about how crappy of a coach he was when he was in Denver and how he did everything wrong and he was awful and he like going to do everything differently and like he just owned it all he was like nope that was 100% on me like I blew it I screwed it up like I'm not making the same mistakes I did there like that's amazing for him to be able to do that and I think Dave all kind of has that same thing where he's failed at different spots and now he's looking at saying no no I got this I can do this you know like I I know what I'm doing I've seen it run in different a few different ways I have my way that I want to do it now too and so I've kind of seen that vision. And of course, we won't know until we see it, but I, I'm fairly confident just, you know, just it, just in the way he does it, and I also love the, I also love the walk in with the, with the, uh with he pulls up with the truck. <laughs> yeah, that was
1: That was so funny. They had that, and then I think the the Bears like new GM they showed like, and it was still dark out because it was an hour behind. And I'm like, they're uh, just showing uh, these guys pull up to work. I'm like, the poor social media people that had to wake up <laughs> even earlier, so they yep. were at the stadium all ready to go, and right. just have to leave their car, but they had to get their cameras and everything. Uh, uh, just absolutely hilarious. And he's he's done a like, in terms of how he's dealing with the players so far he he played Kadarius tony's music during like was during like practice and stuff like that uh, i right. do think that that is something that yeah. you know reaches a guy like Kadarius. like oh this coach cares about me and i was liking my music and he was like he's like oh there was a few songs i like more than others and yada yada so that's how you get these guys to you know buy in and stuff like that because so especially with a new coach and guys that just went through a hell season you want to kind of be like hey everything's new here. We're going to start fresh. So he seems like the the players like him. Obviously it seems to happen a lot when you deal with like the disciplinarian, you kind of get like the players coach afterwards. Right. And I can convince like, I've been doing mental gymnastics for so long with all these coaches, I can convince myself in no time that Dable's going to be fine. I'm like, well, technically it's the Belichick tree, but he did spend some time with McDermott, who came from Andy Reid, so it's basically the Andy Reid tree. I'm like, it's like the Belichick leaf on the Andy Reid tree. It's kind of a sapling. We we genetically you know engineered it, and it's the Reid-Belichick tree, the most beautiful tree in the world if right. you can put those two things together. Reid's uh-huh. regular season success, Belichick's playoff success, and by the way, was in Alabama with Saban for a year, so you get uh, Nick season. In there. so again mental gymnastics giants fans uh have been doing like because again we're watching the draft. We're, we're scouting the draft from october on because our season's over right by then, and then we're looking at a new coach every other year so yeah i i i can convince myself everything's going to be fine with Dave Gable way too easily but again The timeout thing, that is day one stuff. Those times, every second should be treated like oxygen. And you just need as much of that oxygen as you can, like if you're drowning. And by just burning off 20 seconds because the two-minute warning is coming up, it makes no sense. You're just getting rid of 20 seconds of oxygen. You would never do that. You would never in a million years. And then, like the little things, not to keep harping on this, but like when you have to make them either run the ball basically to kind of just burn that little extra time or – they can throw the ball and then you know maybe you get a pick maybe you have an incomplete pass and the time you know you have maybe another extra second before the two minute warning there's just so many things that can just so I don't even care how Dable, how Dable is at it. If he hires a guy, because everyone has a guy these days. We have different Metrics people. We have all these different you know crazy jobs. Just a guy to handle the clock. If he does that, that's fine. That shows yep. me leadership. So I'll take right. that even. Dable doesn't even be good at it.
0: Well, and that's the thing, right? If you're not good at it, that's okay to not be good at it. But know you're not good at it and get someone else to do it, right? Yes. Like, no, this is one of my faults. So I need someone else here to do it for me. And that's totally fine, right? And and maybe he'll learn it, but he's like, I'm not comfortable with it yet. So let me – I'm going to bring someone in just to help me with that. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I think that's – it does show, show some good leadership. What are you looking for specifically? What are you going to be watching? I mean, it's freaking preseason. Mike Reese was saying today that he, you know, he thought that Mac Jones may not even play on Thursday night, which is crazy, oh, wow. but – but uh, I don't know if that's if that's necessarily true or not. But that's what he thought. So we'll see. And Mike, Mike Reese is pretty, plugged in too, right? Is plugged it, in. Yeah.
1: Is he, he's like, uh, I, I listen to some podcasts, and I always hear them say like, "That's that's as good as you're going to get for accuracy guy. when it comes to Patriots." Yep,
0: yeah. 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 For sure. I mean, he's been covering them forever for ESPN. So he was when ESPN first split up into the cities. He has been the ESPN Boston guy since oh, then. So, so they still have the cities year. there. Um, I don't even not know. Really, I, I used to live on ESPN.com back in the day. Yeah, they kind of do, but not quite as much. I don't think. I think there is like an ESPN Boston, but it's not like you just work for ESPN now. I think. Yeah. yeah. Um. But anyways, but uh, what? So what are you looking for on Thursday night? Because again, it's it's preseason. It's the first preseason game of the year. It's not really. It's like fake football, but yeah, there's still things to watch. So we
1: we talked about this before we went live, and there there was a couple throws that Daniel Jones has had that everyone's freaked out about, and apparently i've been told through the beat writers who've been tweeting it they say like the way dable runs his practices is he's like you have to throw to say the x receiver here if he's triple covered you're thrown to the x receiver we just want to see how this play looks and there's some things that look bad to people that don't understand the way the practice is going yeah. that may be bad i also think jones is struggling picking up the offense which i'm not shocked about i wish he wasn't doing it um so again first preseason game am I going to get a, Usually it's a drive out of the starters. At least that, you know, the, maybe we'd have two back in the day when Eli was starting. I'd like to see Jones, you know, look good. I, the fact his neck didn't linger. I thought that was like potentially a thing that was going to be a problem to enter camp, but luckily uh, not. Uh, at, at this rate, there's two things. One, we have some pretty fun rookies that I just want to see on the field. I want to see, you talked about Wandale. I want to see, uh, Evan Neal, right tackle just see him yep. just you know stonewall guy a couple on, times cave on yep. thibodeau rushing the passer just kind of get to see him and uh the other thing is i want the giants to just find decent returners actually like punt return at this point is probably yeah. not even a, it's or kickoff return is probably not even gonna be a thing the people are gonna take the, the touchback every single time but i just want to have i remember back when the uh the 07 playoff run we had like RW recorders who would occasionally like return a ball a little bit and you get like, you know, extra 10, 20 yards. And it just makes life so much easier. So I'm kind of interested to see how I haven't really been following the return game all that much, all that carefully, but I just want to see how, if there's anyone that kind of gets the juices flowing. And I guess the last person, the third thing is if, if Brita Matt Brita, um plays and hopefully doesn't get hurt. Cause that's like yeah. his MO yeah. is I saw him at the, uh, at the fan fest and he was another guy I go, I go, Oh, that must be Matt Brita. Cause he was just moving at another speed. I didn't see Saquon like really carry the ball, but I saw the other running backs who stink compared to him. <sighs> and I was like, Oh, there's Matt Brita. So I, yeah, I am excited sad. to see if he can get a, a, a long run. And again, This is the biggest thing. I think you'll agree with me. Just stay healthy. Nothing Mm -hmm. good happens. We always get the, this guy got carted off and half the time it's for cramps and they're not going to make a guy walk off in the heat and it's yada, yada, yada. But, you know, it's going to happen to every fan base. We're going to have that one injury scare. That's just going to, you know, make everyone, you know, go crazy. And hopefully it's not in a game or it could be in camp, whatever it is, but just stay healthy.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's the biggest thing, man. You you hate, I mean, you hate to see guys get hurt no matter when, right. doesn't matter when you hate to see guys get hurt, but if it happens in a freaking preseason game, it's just, it makes it so much worse because you're like, it doesn't even count. It's just, it's irrelevant, right? There's just guys trying to make the team and you know, that's, it's tough, man. And, And I'm, you know, for me, I'm looking at the same stuff. I'm looking for the same thing. I have a few, you know, Marcus Jones, I'm looking, I'm, you know, the return game, Brandon freaking Bolden would catch the ball eight yards deep in the end <laughs> yeah. zone and take it out and get tackled at the 15. I'm like, what the hell are we doing here? Why are we returning this ball? Just take a knee. Right. So, but he's got some juice. So let's see what he could do. You know, kick return, punt return. And, uh, you know, there's a few guys, Trey Nixon's a guy. So Ernie, Ernie Adams, uh, mm. he, he was going out last year and his last pick Belichick said, all right, pick whoever you want. Last pick, you know, last pick of your career. And so he picked Trey Nixon. who was a wide receiver from UCF. Just you know. No one ever heard of him. He's just some guy. And I was like, that guy's going to be a Patriots Hall of Famer. I was like, because I, it's, it's freaking Ernie Adams, you know? And so, I, uh, you know, I'm on the, I'm on the, and he's been, he, he had a great spring and he's been doing decent now. And I'm like, all right, I'm in the train X. And I, I call myself the conductor of the trade of the train X and hype train. Because, can I you know, can I ride? It.
1: I would like a ticket on this on this All train right. because All I right. love Ernie Adams. I again never will be sure. What is it? Pink Stripes, right? That's Pink the stripes, infamous yeah, thing. Yeah. Uh, I, I've always loved him. I've read a couple of Belichick books, and they've kind of gotten into their relationship and stuff like that. So I I absolutely love the uh, the mis- mystery that is that's, Ernie. Adams. That's getting
0: tweeted out that we have a new member on the train. X and hype train. Clem is on the train. X and hype yep. train. Love it. Love it. So it, the T R
1: E Y or T R E
0: T R E. Like that Y. I like I know, that, y. I like no, that no, no, no. y a lot
1: more. Trey is that's a <laughs> that's a cornerback name. And I'm a and I'm a numbers guy. I'm also a name guy. You he's know a, what though? They have to he's
0: like, a he's like a slot guy. slot speed like a speed slot guy, so like a deep slot guy.
1: Okay. So yeah, you, you may not want to have the Y because it might slow you down a little bit. Right. You know, with the old Belichick receivers, they would be a TREY guy. I'll take right. a TRE guy. Yeah, hey, okay. All right, I'm talking into you're, it. You know you know who's talking Ernie Adams looking at me like, come <laughs> on. It's with with Y Y-climb, really. It's like you're right, Ernie. You are the all, knower of all things. So. so, wow.
0: The the my favorite st- the Ernie Adams story, and this is how you know he took um he took David Gibbons in the seventh round back at back in '02, and so the the story is that they're in the seventh round, and Bill says, Ernie, you get this draft pick, and he's like, all right, and he's just pouring over over um over scouting reports just non-stop and Bill's like hey we're up and he's like nope not ready yet and so he just keeps going dude eight picks went by eight oh picks they, he just let him go and then he goes there's the guy right there and they drafted David Gibbons it was like unbelievable and David Gibbons went like had like seven straight games where he had a touchdown catch in the postseason it was just stupid like he just and then he went to Tennessee got a big contract in Tennessee and blew out his knee and never played again but like But he he was good for the Patriots forever. And he was a seventh round draft pick from Notre Dame. And Notre Dame was like a running team that never threw. And so, like, he had zero stats in college. But he's like, this guy, this kid has it. It's like, how the hell did he see that? Okay,
1: can I get a first class ticket on the
0: the train? Because I'm
1: telling you right now, you're selling me even more because I didn't realize that David Given story. And uh, was this the video where he like basically said goodbye? got like the standing applause. So that was after he made the pick.
0: Right, so he okay. literally stood up. They go, Ernie, we're going to give you the last pick. He literally walked over. It was the like opposite of of the David Gibbons story. He literally walked over, grabbed Trey's name, and goes, "Hit Trey next," that's the pick. And I was like, "He's he's had that in the freaking chamber. That's
1: his guy." Like, that's like, <laughs> oh, so, my. oh my god, I, I wish I could bet the um, the barstool sports, but <laughs> responsibly bet David Given's going or David Given's. Uh, he goes to the um, Patriots Hall of Fame. Trey yeah, Nixon. right. I
0: love yeah. This. So, so that's my guy. So Clem, Clem's on the train next night train. Love it. Love it. So now you got something else to watch on Thursday night. You Hell know yeah. what I mean? Watch yeah. it, 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 it Nixon. All right. So that's going to be a lot of fun. Before I let you go, though, we know you're a basement boy. If you don't mm-hmm. listen, I, I know some people aren't, you know, nerds like us. But, it, you you know, if you're not following my mom's basement, it's amazing. You and Robbie Fox do an unbelievable job. I appreciate it. What what's the how do you feel about the direction of the MCU? Cause we've talked about the direction of the Patriots. We've talked about the direction <laughs> of the giants and the Patriots were kind of in that. The MCU is almost like kind of like the Patriots That's right now where boy, they actually. were like so good and dominant forever. And now they're like, Meh. and kind of, you know, people are struggling and people are jumping off the bandwagon. And, uh, but how do you, how do you see the, you know, this coming? Are you excited about she Hulk? And what did you think about Miss Marvel?
1: So a loaded question. yeah, yeah. Miss. So, before all else, I guess the biggest thing to say is hashtag trust the foggy, which is mm-hmm. trust the process, right? Foggy is our Belichick. And the way Endgame wrapped everything up, Infinity War before that, and, you know, even how he's basically like revived Spider-Man just by helping out here right. and there by just giving his notes to those idiots at Sony. Um <laughs> But I, I'm, I'm with that. I think the majority of people here where like this current phase, it's like it's it's not. Great. It's not, it's some, some of the stuff isn't even very good, but it's, it's passable. I think they have a lot of big things they have to tackle in terms of the characters that they're bringing in because there is some magic stuff. There is some, you know space stuff there is stuff that isn't maybe translates doesn't translate to screen as well as like an iron man with his playboy and fun technology or captain america fighting nazis in the you know in world war Two and stuff like that so i feel like there has been a little bit of growing pains but i i think there's been uh, you know multiverses which is like a whole know. other yeah you know, we're gonna be dealing with the hardcore magic stuff the internals where you're dealing with celestials and these monstrous like space creatures it's a lot to digest i think it's a lot to take in and to be honest with you those comic books i didn't even get into as a kid because it was just too much for my dumb brain to kind (laughs) of digest all uh but i do think it's they've done as good a job as they probably maybe not could have done but i think they're doing a fine job uh the upcoming stuff I'm more excited about the stuff coming maybe in a year or two than I am of the stuff coming immediately. Like I do think there is a chance She-Hulk might not be great. Miss Marvel was good. I liked Miss Marvel. Yeah, it's just it was not for me. It's you know it was it's like a kid. Sh- it was more of like a, a show aimed I think towards like teens or tweens yeah. maybe. And it's like I could still get down with it and be like oh I like the superhero stuff, but it just like wasn't for me, which is fine. But I think advancing the story, they had enough Marvel stuff there to make it fun. I do think She-Hulk will probably have a little more humor. I just Like it is it is risky when you have the kind of humor that it looks like it's gonna have, and if you don't have a good story or you don't have a good dynamic, it's gonna just fall flat. And a bad humor is gonna make really make people hate the show. Uh, so in terms of She Hulk, She Hulk was probably one of the shows I was looking forward to the least out of all these. Uh, but I can I can basically like I have to watch it because it's part of work, unfortunately. Uh, you know, part of work, right? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. big crybaby over here. Uh, (laughs) but it's like I can kind of be like, all right, that's kind of a dud, not that great. But at the same point, I always, with with the MCU, I feel like we're always building something. And I don't know if this is gonna be the case with She-Hulk. I hope it's, if it's not, I hope it's the case with the future, at least the shows where they do have eight episodes. Just keep throwing superheroes at us. Have these yeah. tag team ups. Hey, you know, we're gonna be introducing a lot more people. Introducing well, Charlie Cox the
0: is in She-Hulk, is he not?
1: Yeah, exactly. Right? I didn't realize that at the time. And yeah. we had Jose Young's on, which for anyone that, that doesn't listen to the show, oh, there's God. this guy that Jose guy is Young's
0: freaking genius. He's an it's encyclopedia,
1: man. It's it's crazy. He's an MMA writer. He also writes, you know, MMA stuff. But him and Robbie, that's how they met. But he's a diehard comic book reader. He's not even as big into the you know, shows and movies and stuff like that. So he was kind of telling us that there are some cool arcs in these stories coming up. He like said, oh, daredevil plays a big role. I think having Kingpin and Hawkeye kind of made Hawkeye ended up being a little better. And yeah. you're going to have, there's a lot of ways, a lot of the characters in the upcoming shows do cross over with other big characters that, you know, are either, not big in the MCU yet, or have just been introduced and, you know, are kind of just in the background. If they kind of just throw these big and, you know, Disney has an unlimited budget <laughs> as we know, right. they can just all the money they have in the parks there. Um They can just kind of make things happen and throw all these characters together. And at least for me, that's what I always love comic books is when you saw these people come in. He had, you know, Ghost Rider come out of nowhere. The Fantastic Four hopping in here. And until we get the Fantastic Four, until we get some pretty cool villains, you know, like Doctor Doom. And until my beloved X-Men hit the MCU, I feel like this is just the treading water. And that I think once Kang comes in and we start getting Kang just running wild.
0: That's going to be nuts.
1: Yeah. And everyone remembers like Thanos came in and Thanos was kind of the big bad. Even if he wasn't in it, he was kind of the specter above it. We don't have that right now. And there was a lot of duds in, you know, the early MCU days too. You know, the Thors, yeah. the first two Thors weren't great. There was, you know, a few things here and there. So uh, I'm excited. I'm also skeptical when it's this, these, like, there's just a lot of projects. It's a lot of projects. Yeah. And the the hit rate is not going to be 100% on them. It just can't be. So uh, I'm, I'm like... What's the word? Cautiously optimistic, I guess would yeah. be the um, way to put it. And again, it's all because Kevin Kevin's like the only but, guy. That's the it. only reason I do it.
0: Yeah. How do you not trust in Feige, right? And we're at this point where it's like, how do you not trust in him? You know. And you mentioned yeah. the mutants, man. When they, when, when Bruno said mutation to her and the '90s X-Men theme, uh, super goosebumps. subtly, but started, I was like, what? What? What the, what? wait a second. I was like, oh my god, dude! Like hundred percent goosebumps on that, and that was great. So like, you know, and you mentioned Jose. Dude, I'm telling you, anyone out there that's listening, if you're not listening to my mom's basement, I would have been 1000 percent lost on Moon Knight. I would have had no idea what I yeah, was going on. Nope. And that that single podcast episode helped me out so much because I'm like, oh, now I know what's going on. And I'm like, that's really cool. And like, so you know, it's just and again, that one, that show was fine. It was good, but yep. it wasn't like amazing. Was but you know, it's like, you're right, the hit rate's not gonna be great. It's not gonna, it's not you're not gonna hit everything. But it's like, just get enough. And then the trailer for Wakanda forever drops. And I'm like, oh, my God, that's like a top five trailer of all time. So I'm like, okay, hopefully that movie will be good. So it's like, you know, you you go back and forth. And and again, you just come back to that same thing like Patriots fans do. We just got to trust in Kevin Feige. You just got to believe that he's going to get it right. Right. And and hopefully he does. And maybe he won't. Right. And maybe it's too much. Maybe they've taken on too much. I mean, I heard someone say, like, you know, they they did like they worked, they told the end game saga or the infinity war saga. It took them like 11 years. And now this is going to take them like four years. Right. And it's a lot, it's a lot mm. of stuff to jam in. But at the same time, it's like, yeah, we well, got all the Disney plus shows. You can keep those coming and you got the movies. And so it's like, they're doing, they have a ton of projects. They're just squeezed into a shorter time frame. We'd get one or two, you know, Marvel properties a year. Now we're getting like five or six, you know? So it's like, so I can see how they're advancing the timeline quickly, but it's like, Things better start making sense to people really quick. Otherwise, they're gonna, you know, people are like people are already like, I don't I don't understand what's going on. You know, when I heard someone say, like, okay, eternal's already happened. There's a giant man sticking yeah. out of the earth, no one's even mentioned it. Like, what what's going on here? You know? And so, like, yeah, I mean, that's kind of a big deal, you know, that no one's talked about. So it's, you know, it's No, I, I'm a hundred percent that
1: that is one of my favorite things. It's like this giant hand is just, you know, rock <laughs> hand is just is creeping right. out there. And Back when the MCU started It was like oh I, I thought iron man was gonna suck i don't even know why i saw it in the theaters i think it was just because like robert Downey. i'm like yeah robert Downey junior probably do a decent job and then i was like holy crap this is yeah. going to be what marvel's like and now that marvel kind of has the green you know the rubber stamp from disney they're gonna approve everything they have this new technology where they can stream it on the on you know the shows on tv which as robbie said perfectly it's kind of like they can kind of just get the little comic books a little side stories just to get right. you to the movie so you're not spending two and a half hours about moon night they are just way over your head and then you can kind of complete it all i do think that again flaggy treats this shit like his baby i think he's good he, he understands the the, the pitfalls that could come with it but i i also and the other thing is no one was complaining about anything that would happen say in thor or thor 2 because no one really cared that much but right the internet like you know reddit will kind of harp on things and i'm with them that eternal thing is like a huge plot hole, but it's like there's probably a bunch of them back in the day that we just didn't care about because it's like yeah. whatever um so i i am again cautiously optimistic but again it's 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 trust the foggy uh forever
0: 100 100 all right i'm gonna let you go because we've taken a lot of your time i could sit here and talk mcu with you for a whole nother <laughs> hour um and but listen
1: <laughs> to the people out there i'm not trying to like just plug my show to plug my show if you are about to watch a new series on marvel Mm -hmm. just watch or even this upcoming phase we had jose on a few weeks ago and he just kind of just broke down everything from like the comic book perspective and it taught me so much and the moon night I would have been so lost with Moon Knight. I would have hated it. And I would have never, I would have probably just like dropped it pretty early, kind of just like right. watched it to, for, to to do the recaps and then be done with it. But I, I was able to digest because it's a lot of just crazy crap. And Jose does a great job breaking it down. So uh, I, I'm happy to hear you felt the same way about oh, it that I did. with Jose. Well,
0: and that's the thing is that, especially a show like that, you had no idea what's going on. No mm-hmm. one had any idea what was going on. But that was the idea that was the whole point and like it, you know if i didn't know that i'm going in thinking like well why don't i know what's happening here right like what's they're not nothing makes any sense and it's like no that's the whole point like that's the point of the entire comic is that you never know what's made you know what, what's true and what isn't true right and so like and yeah that's weird and people i'm sure that turns some people off but at least you know that going into it and i thought that was super helpful and you guys like you know, you guys are knowledgeable about it, but I also love the fact that you always try to, you know, you say you're negative when you have to be, but you always try to look for the positive side, which I like because so many people look for just are trying to, you know, throw out those negative headlines to so just cause that's what that's what sells and negativity. If it bleeds, stuff, it leads, you know, baby. Right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and you guys, you know, try and of course you're not always positive because you can't be, right? But like you try to find those silver linings and I, and I appreciate that. So I love listening to you guys. Uh, I I'm not driving to work anymore. So that was my podcast time. So <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm listening to less and less podcasts over the summer, but, uh, but back, back when school year starts again, it'll be back in the rotation. So, uh, and that's beautiful. You
1: know. We'll be, we'll be doing it too. And like you said, poor noise bar barstool. Cause he's like, it just wants to be like a couple of buddies on a bar school, right. talking about sports. And with the basement, it's like, you're just in your mom's basement or in a basement watching, You know, a movie or whatever on the screen, some Star Wars, and you're just kind of making some jokes or whatever, and just like being real about it. And, like robbie could be we always joke about robbie he cries because he loved these star wars so much and he just loves it but i'm also you know i also try not to be negative but i just try to be real i remember when i said i hated the last jedi and people were like what are you crazy and then it reversed on me and it was like wait Clint was (laughs) right about this and it's like i right wrong whatever teach their own that's i'm always just going to be me i'm not going to say i like something or don't like something just to be you know different or uh contrarian we're just going to tell it like it is. And, you know, at this point with everyone arguing online, teach their own. I'm done trying to figure out. I remember you're a psycho. If you like pineapple on your pizza, you're a psycho. If you like, yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. whatever, well, man, whatever floats your boat. Life's too short 100%. to give a shit. About I'll never
0: everything. understand how people like pretend to be someone else. I can't. It's like so much work <laughs> to like remember. <laughs> yeah. Like, how could you remember? Like, oh, crap. I'm supposed to hate that. And it's like, well, how could you like? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. know how people do that. It's crazy. Those I hot take artists. God bless them, man. Yeah, like, I was going to say. Right. Oh my goodness. I guess it's not that hard if you just like, I hate everything like that. Okay. All right. That'll work. You know? So (laughs) anyways, all right. We talked about your mom, my mom's basement. What else you got? Please plug yourself before, before I let you go. I'm sure everyone already knows who you are, but nevertheless, let's do it.
1: Yeah. So we got my mom's basement. Um, the we have youtube so subscribe on the youtube or if you listen to your podcast i have we got to believe it's our mets podcast uh with me and kfc we've got a boy kyle and meek phil as well on there we've been doing two episodes a week and we we go live if there's big wins or you know anything crazy has has changed actually that's the other thing i was gonna say buck show walter is kind of like our kevin feige as well where i just trust in him even like our yeah. if, if i could get a coach like if he, if brian dable can be like buck show walter where he makes all the right calls and it, you're not going to get a guy like buck who's so seasoned he knows the rules better than the umpires he explains it to them on the yeah. field and i'm just like yeah. oh my god so if that's <laughs> the kind of guy i can get so we got to believe we're obviously living a magical season right now not gumwood um and then podfathers if you're a you know parent or some people who, who listen that are parents they love it too god bless those people but it, it, sometimes you just need to know you're not in it alone and we uh, we tell parenting the way it is is. We don't sugarcoat it. We tell it like it is, maybe gripe a little bit. Everyone can get their gripes out, throw some mailbag questions in and stuff like that. Um, that's with me, large and chaps uh on Podfathers. And then you know, Barstoolsports.com. I, I do the I, I blog, I do all that kind of stuff. Oh, and I don't know if this is an official announcement, but I guess I could say for anyone who that's a my mom's basement fan we were trying to figure out what we're going to do with the game of Thrones show when it comes out, because we had a game of Stools podcast and I was like, are we going to do this? Are they going to bring it back? Do we have it sold or whatever? And in typical Barstool fashion, I think it's just sitting there. So I think me and Robbie are just going to <laughs> kind of go. take it on our plate. So we're going to start at least start it up on the, my mom's basement feed. So if you're a game of Thrones fan house of the dragon coming out end of August, we will be doing probably a preview and then, you know, weekly recaps uh, just kind of shooting the shit down in the basement for That's uh, great. Game- house of dragon.
0: Love it. Love it. That's so good. You're like the hardest working man in show business, dude. You got a million shows going on. It's great. It's and there. I got I love two it.
1: kids. So I don't know what I'm doing, man. I'm losing my – again, this is that's my happy place, <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's exactly right. what I'm doing. Getting away. Shut up, kids. Okay, I'm, I'm like... working.
0: <laughs> oh, man. Well, Clem, thank you so much, man. It's always a blast talking to you. I really appreciate it, and uh, thank you for fitting me in. I know you had – it's been it's a crazy week, so I appreciate oh, it, man. Yeah,
1: I'm sorry again. I, I know I'm going to the city. We're know. doing an interview on Thursday tomorrow. I got to take the kids out, so again, kids work, and then <sighs> I was like, then the game's over at that point. So it's like, what do right. we do here? So, right. exactly. uh, best so. of luck on Thursday. Everyone stay healthy out yes. there on the field. Everyone be good, and uh, I mean, other than who I don't care about. Preseason scores. Best luck this season. Take, beat all the NFC teams you can. We yes. face each other, to and uh, nothing but love on this side of the uh, of the uh, conference. Of the Appreciate nfc it, the Clem. AFC. Same
0: to you. And then uh, beat the Yankees in the Subway Series, would you? I mean, if they're going to make the freaking <sighs> World Series, at <laughs> least it should be the Mets to win. You know what I mean? The Yankees so. going to have everything
1: to lose if that happens, man. The and Yankees you know what? Fans,
0: <sighs> I just want the I want the Mets to win the World Series. Period. Forget about even beating the Yankees. Screw the Yankees. Let them lose in the goddamn first round. Yeah, right? I'm with you on that. Get them off the back page and get the Mets there. That'd be great. You know. Yeah, so.
1: unless I have to worry about the Yankees potentially winning a World Series and have to hear the word, you know, 28 rings instead of 27. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. <laughs> Get them out yeah.
0: of my life. So, all right, thanks, Clem, and uh, thank you, guys. And I'll be back uh, Thursday night after the show for a quick, uh, super quick uh, recap. Thanks, guys, and we'll talk to you soon.